Welcome back everybody, this is Eric here with Iraq Veteran 8888. Today we've got another gun gripe episode for you. This one's going to be a doozy. We're going to be diving into gun snobbery and personal defense snobbery. Uh, this might be kind of a, a cool concept. It's not may not be what you think it is, so give us a little bit of your time. We'll have some fun with this one. I've got a couple of special guests with me here today. This is Josh and Josh with Black Diamond Guns and Gear. Make sure you go over and subscribe to their channel, check them out. Great couple of guys. They came down to do some filming with us, so we thought we would dive into a couple of gun gripe episodes. Uh, I'd definitely like to take a moment to thank the kind folks at Sonoran Desert Institute for supporting gun gripes. Uh, they've got some wonderful gunsmithing programs. I know some of you guys got GI Bill. You can uh, get that GI Bill working for you, get you some higher education in the firearms technology world. Definitely a great group of folks to look into for your gunsmithing needs in terms of higher education. All right, so gun snobbery. When we say gun snobbery, what are we really referring to when it comes to people protecting themselves? I mean, is it safe to say that people, you know, all people have the right to self-preservation and should have the tools available, right? Exactly. To make that happen. I think that if you are like, oh, no, you're not carrying a Glock 19X or you're not carrying a H&K or something like that. Oh, well, you're just a, a turd. Well, that's not necessarily the case because you can literally go to any pawn shop and a lot of times you can go to gun stores and buy police trade-ins and all that kind of stuff. We've got a couple examples here today talking about some of the stuff that we have personally found at these places. And they're well underneath the money that anybody's willing to pay for a Gucci Glock or anything like that. That's that right. will definitely protect you in any way that you need to do. Yeah. So I think it's safe to say that, you know, there there are a lot of people that kind of fall into the to the area and and I'm certainly guilty of it just because I've been exposed to so much, much different stuff over the years. I mean, yeah, sometimes you want to have like a nice carry gun or you want to get like a nice carry package put together like this Robar. I'm going to show you in a minute. Um, this started out as a performance center shield and then I sent it off to Robar, who no, lo no longer is in business, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, sometimes you want to get like a nice tricked out carry gun or something. But sometimes you can get by with the basics, too. Right? I mean, like, I picked up this um, law enforcement trade-in CZ-75 semi-compact, and this is an older 75. Uh, really, really nice. Got the pin front sight. It's dovetailed in, so you could, you know, I could drop some night sights on this. I actually did put a set of VZ grips on this. That's the only functional upgrade. But, man, this is a fantastic shooting handgun. I paid well south of 300 bucks for this yeah. thing. Right? So the deals are out there. I think... Even beyond like the guns that we physically are showing off in this video, yeah. I think the the overall aspect that's important to discuss too is just the 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 kind of mindset that people have against self preservation. Right? There's you know, and I used to work in a gun shop, yeah. and there's all these situations where people come in, and, oh, I want the cheapest gun you got. Yeah. Okay, look, if that's all you can afford, and if that barrier to entry means that you're going to buy a high point, yeah, right. That's fine. Buy a high point. You got to start somewhere, right? You, you know, if you like nice cars, right? You're not going to go. All right, give me a Lamborghini right out right. the gate. No, you're exactly. going to drive a Prius for right. a while, and then you're going to upgrade to this or that, and then maybe one day you might have that dream car, right? But you got to start somewhere. But you can't look at it like, oh, well, I don't have fifteen hundred bucks to spend on an H and K. So therefore, you know what? I'm not going to buy a gun. I'll be honest with you. I don't have anything in my arsenal that's fifteen hundred bucks. I mean, I have. I don't. I don't look at it as that way. I look at it as a tool, something I may use, or God forbid, if I have to use, that I'm. I, I just don't spend that much on them. I mean, at the highest thing I'm going to spend is is I'm going to buy a Glock 19 or whatever you know, which would be 
500 bucks maybe. But you don't have to do that in order to get set up the way you need to be set up. I mean, recently you've been to pawn shops and stuff and found a 19X for under 400 bucks or something, right? I mean, me personally, if you look here, if you're working with a Bursa budget to defend your life, that's what you got. That's your option. This will defend your life just as good as an H&K, a CZ, uh, any of the other firearms. I mean, this is not a bad option. We were talking about earlier, you said that uh, stuff happens within like seven rounds or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, I know a lot of people tend to, you know, I believe undervalue the fact that getting into a handgun fight or or a a series of personal protection when you're dealing with that, we try not to get into, like, the discussions of that stuff too much because I don't want to come across as, like, the trainer type. I'm not a trainer, but the statistics are is that usually a handgun battle is going to be over pretty quick and it's not going to involve a ton of rounds, right? So. The thing is, it's training disposition and making sure you're comfortable with a given firearm is probably a lot more important than what you actually use, right? Uh, getting back to kind of the nuts and bolts of the strike, you know, it's important to remember that there are lots of great deals out there that you can find um, you, that you don't have to spend a ton of money. Like, okay, this 590, all right, this is a Mariner, so it's got the all-weather finish and everything, and it's just a pump action, you know, 12-gauge. Uh, I picked this gun up at a pawn shop. And brand new, I mean, these guns aren't exactly cheap, right? I want to say they're like 550 bucks or yeah, something like something that, like, like 500 that. bucks. I paid literally like 250 bucks. Still not going to break the, the bank. Money. Still not yeah. going to break the bank. So I, not only did I get an upgraded finish on this gun for half the money, now granted, it's got a little bit of wear and a few scratches, but it works great, and I can load this thing, keep it in the house, and I don't have to worry about corrosion or rusting or something like that. And this is a great personal defense and home defense option oh, that I didn't have to break the bank. You don't have a flash shot on that? You don't have a red dot on that? Oh, my God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what they're saying. Like, oh, you have to have this on there. Oh, you have to have that on there. Oh, you have to have this upgraded trigger inside this thing. No, you don't. You can literally go and get a Glock trade-in for 280 bucks at your local Glock dealer and, well, not out the door, but they're selling them at 289 then out the door, you're going to get 350 whatever. Right. But still... Not a bad price for what you have that would you know save your life in a situation. I think the misconception that people tend to have as well is um, it's a perceived value thing, right? Yeah. Okay, and we've sort of hit on this a little bit in some previous videos, but like, all right, think about it like this: the same person that would say, "Oh, that five hundred dollar um, shotgun or that five hundred fifty or six hundred dollar handgun is too expensive and I can't afford it," right. is the same person that's going to go to Best Buy and buy an iPad. For fifteen hundred bucks, <laughs> yeah. Or they're going to buy a TV oh, for a thousand bucks, <laughs> you know. And and it it's sort of I think it comes down to like the perception of what you actually need or want, like it's needs and wants, right? So people are going to have their laptops and their flat screen TVs, and they're going to have their iPads and their newest iPhone, and they're going to have whatever gadget or gizmo or car part. Like I know a lot of people I know personally that are really into cars, yeah. And they'll buy that spoiler or that that fancy light kit or that light bar. They'll buy that bumper or or whatever, and they'll spend gobs of money on it. If they could just simply associate the value of protecting themselves with a quality gun over having the best LED light bar or the newest sidestep kit for their truck or their camper top. And we're all guilty of it, right? Like We get into this sort of thing like... 
Americans tend to be very consumerism based. Like we want to consume, we want to, you know, we want to buy things, we yeah. want it now. We don't want to wait. You know, we utilize credit. Oh, I want it now. Right. We are a want it now society. Right. The thing is, is that there's this entry point and a barrier of entry to being a gun owner, um, so that basically some people don't associate the benefit of owning the gun with the financial obligation it requires to be a gun owner. And right. I think that one of the things that makes our country so amazing is that we are a country where a person that doesn't have a lot of money can go into a shop and if they're savvy can get a great gun and protect themselves for not a heck of a lot of money. And granted, it ain't going to be the fanciest thing in the world. 180 bucks. But you can protect yourself. And I believe that there's an elitism sort of thing to the entire um, gun owner axiom in that basically the anti-gunners and the elitists want to restrict gun ownership so much because it's not so much about stopping the guy like me that has a big gun collection or, or whatever. It, if you think about it, it really is about keeping the people at the absolute bottom of the rung of the ladder down. Right, it's about keeping poor people poor, keeping yep. them where they are, and keeping them dependent on them and their constituents and their laws and their police force and everything yep. like that. They don't want you to empower yourself and protect yourself. They want you to be dependent on them. Exactly. They want you to basically be in fear. Oh, well, I gotta have it like this before I can actually, you know, make sense of actually getting something that was going to work. For no, me. they don't want you to have it at all. What? And there's some jurisdictions, like I know some jurisdictions in California have actually tried to pass laws that are purposely put in place to disenfranchise um, people that want to buy cheaper guns. And what I mean by that is, all right, a high point is a relatively heavy pistol, right? It's got a, lot, a pretty good bit of weight. California at one point was trying to pass a law, and they might have actually even passed it, that said that if a gun weighs over a certain amount wow. that you can't buy it in California. I did not know so that. So what does that sound like? That sounds like somebody that's trying to specifically target the high point because it's an affordable option. Yeah. They, they want to disenfranchise someone who can't afford a more expensive gun. So therefore, turning that person who would have been able to at least protect themselves, now that's unattainable. Now is not able to do it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's the, major, that's the gripe. That's yeah. the beans and bullets of this gripe is that people are discouraged from protecting themselves. I mean, the mainstream media is really guilty about demonizing gun owners. Yeah. And they, the anti-gun side really panders hard to the lower income uh, group of people. All right? It's like, oh, we're going to save you. We're going to be your savior. Free stuff for everybody. Oh, but by the way, we should be responsible for your protection. You don't need to own a gun. So yeah. it's like, it's such an evil thing in my oh, mind. Oh, yeah. It's such a big rabbit hole to go down to. Once we start talking about that, then we just... But the, the whole thing is, is basically you don't have to have a, a, a perfect uh, mindset of what somebody else wants for you to be able to protect yourself. Right, exactly. I mean, you know what freedom is to you, right? right? Most definitely. Yeah. Right. And you, and you know what it takes to protect it. This is freedom. This is freedom right here to me. Yeah. And right. I don't know. Any option that I have to protect myself, and, and we're our own worst critics sometimes. I mean, yeah. even when you go into a gun store, I mean, you can say, hey, you know, I want this $300 option right here. And most of the guys behind the counter are going to be like, ah, you really don't want that. Yeah. If this is what you can afford to protect your life with, there you go, guys. We were talking about Tauruses earlier. And, yeah. yeah, they've had some turd guns. But they've also stepped up their game in the last little bit, in my opinion. I think the G2C is a, a better handgun. I think the uh, G3 is okay. Uh, even the TX-22. 
that's that's something that somebody can shoot and probably do it really accurately and uh, and afford it. I mean, you can walk out with a TX-12 for like, I think it's like 280 bucks or something yeah. like that, like out the door. Yeah, they're not bad. They're not bad at all. They're not bad. And, and I think that making gun ownership accessible to a wide variety of different people is something that we should all encourage, right? You know, if you're a guy that works at a gun gun shop, which I've worked in a gun store before, you guys know me from Moss, and you guys have dealt with it, being in gun shops and stuff, you should never discourage someone from wanting to be a gun owner. It, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because a salesman is going to say, all right, I got to try to upsell because I want to sell the more expensive item because either I get a better commission or the shop makes more profit. And, yeah. okay, I get it. You know, you want to try to always upsell because, you know, ultimately we got to make a living. But it's also important to not turn away someone who simply wants to protect themselves. It's our duty to sort of make sure that we're arming gun owners with not only guns to be able to protect themselves, but knowledge, knowledge. too. And making exactly. sure that they understand, okay, here's where this is. And the rung of the ladder of carry guns or the ladder of gun technology this is what you're getting into. And hey, this is what it excels at. Here's its weaknesses. Here's its high points. Here's, no pun intended, but yeah. here's the high points, the low points. And this is what this gun's good at. This is what it's weak at. And then let someone make up their own mind. Like arm someone with the knowledge. You know, if you know someone who's interested in becoming a gun owner and they're on the fence because they may not see the financial re or the physical reward. You trying to push them to buy that $800, $900 handgun, is that going to push them away? Right, you know, yeah. Is it going to push them away or or is saying, hey, shoot my $300 CZ LE trade-in, yeah. and then they go, wow, this thing actually isn't bad. Like, oh, see, man. you don't have to spend a ton of Only money. Only 300 bucks. That's not bad. Maybe I can try that out. Right. Yeah. I think that there, there also tends to be sort of a, a huge misconception um, when it comes to gun technology, and it's always like a perceived value type of thing, right? Let's say, for instance, uh, and this is a theoretical standpoint, although... It's not that far off target. Let's say that CZ made this exact pistol brand new yeah. and charged $300 for it. Right. All right. Um, now, honestly, the funny thing is, is that new CZs are not terrible. No. Like you could buy this gun new for like probably $550 right. versus the $300 I paid for the used one. <clears throat> but the point is, okay, <clears throat> someone who's never handled a gun, shot a gun, whatever, walks up to a gun counter and looks in the counter at every one of these pistols, not knowing anything about them, they're going to associate the higher price with quality, even if they don't yes. know what they're looking at. So people tend to associate um, value with a high price and not necessarily looking at the engineering and components that go into why something's expensive. Yep. So as a, as a gun store employee, especially, or even as a buddy who's trying to tell your buddy, hey, this is why this is good or bad, you need to. Un they need to understand like fit and finish materials, what it's made of, how long it's going to last. You're yeah, how long it's going to last. The coatings that are on the on the gun. You know the type of barrel it's got. If it's a match grade barrel or a certain type of rifling or a special trigger light, those things have to be discussed. That's the thing that you can drop knowledge on them about that situation. And, and the thing is, like if somebody's going to tell you, oh that that gun is great, but you need uh, you know this drop in trigger for it, you know or whatever this you know Zev trigger or this you know whatever, then. I, I, me personally, I'm carrying a stock firearm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not carrying anything out of the ordinary. It's just a complete stock firearm, and uh, that's the way I intend to do it. Just because that thing is going to shoot just as well as anything else. I agree. As long as you practice with it and you're accurate with it, 
What's the problem? Yeah, agreed. You know, I, I think that the way that I treat carry guns, and, and this is getting off on a little bit of a, of a different territory than what the, the bare bones of this gripe is, but I like to take a standard gun, generally speaking, a yep. standard gun. Like, if I'm going to carry a Glock, I'm going to take a 19, and I'm going to leave the stock trigger in it, I'm going to put a set of night sights on it, and that's going to be it. Call it good. Yeah. You don't mm -hmm. have to spin an arm and a leg to make, it, to make it John Wick before you can carry it. Well... And I think that also there is a misconception where people want to turn it in. They see John Wick or something. They want to yeah. they want to buy the John Wick pistol, thinking that the skill set is going to come along with it. Yep. And really, all you have is a really fancy toy that you can't work. But but don't get me wrong, like <laughs> they're awesome to get like a nice tricked out gun and everything. Yeah. But you've also got to have a basis of skill set to improve upon. Okay, if you start out with a stock gun, shoot some groups, put a thousand rounds through it over the course of a few months or whatever you need to do, shoot it, play with it, clean it. Then try out a tricked out gun. Then you go, oh wow, I shot X amount better, and then that gives you a bit of a of a bed a bedrock there to go off of, or you know, a basis. It goes back to would you rather carry a sixteen hundred dollar gun or pay you know three four hundred bucks for a gun? Pay you know so much for some ammo and so much for some training. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of different ways to look at it, and yeah. I think that as you get into advanced gun collecting, which I'm gonna say, little Josh. <laughs> you, you, okay, yeah. so you you know, like you you collect a lot of oddball guns. Yes, yes, I sure do. Um, right. I don't know how to, I don't know how to go about that because I, I collect a little bit of everything. Now, would it hinder me from owning something like this? No, that it, it definitely wouldn't because I know, like you said, the engineering, the fit and the finish that went into taking one of these firearms and owning one of these firearms. There's not very many weapons manufacturers out there that I would not own because they're all good firearms. My problem is, is people do, like like we were saying, is they will try to hinder you from buying stuff like that. They'll try to upsell you, and it shouldn't be that way. You should be able to protect yourself. pushing people away at that point. Yeah. I'm not going to push anybody away from owning a firearm. You know, there Agreed. might be a firearm that I don't like shooting. You know, there's some smaller kel pistols that... I can't shoot because of my yep. hands, but that does not mean that it will not fit someone else. Work for somebody And it else, will yeah. not work for somebody and defend your life. I mean, at that point in my life where I'm defending my myself, I honestly do not care that it's going to hurt my hand. Right. Yeah. You know, you know I think the, the big takeaway from this video and what I'd like to really push home before we, we leave today's chat here is that don't let someone shame you for wanting to be a gun owner for one. Yep. And then two, don't let someone shame you because you don't want to spend a lot of money on a gun, right? So the, the thing is, get what you can afford, protect yourself. Don't let that be a barrier to you protecting yourself and, and ignore the naysayers, right? And I get it. Like As you get into advanced gun collecting, sometimes you got your basis stuff that you started out with, and then you upgrade later on, but you might keep your other gun as a backup or something. Right. It's not like it was ever a bad gun to begin with. But it just means that you went a little bit further up the chain and got something a little nicer. I mean, like like this shield, right? A basic shield pistol, you can get a, a standard shield pistol for well south of 300 especially with, like, the rebates. I upgraded to oh, yeah. a performance center model. Sometimes which, you can buy them with things. Exactly, right. So, like, this is more or less a standard shield, but it's just had the ported barrel and the night sights and everything. And then I went one step further, and I sent this gun out to Robar, to have their row bar texture added to the frame and their their special coating on the slide and everything. And and this is a great carry gun. I mean, yep. yes, it is it is pricey, but 
the bare bones technology in the gun started out really basic. Stuff that you buy as combos though that come with an AR or something like that too, that you can buy those for 280 bucks all day long and they're just regular shields. And that's probably one of the most comfortable handguns to carry and it's under 300 bucks all day long. Right. With and, melon rebates. And then and speaking of the shield, you brought me one of your, uh, you know, newer type of holsters that you came up with. Why don't <laughs> yeah. you explain, give a, sh a selfless, uh, shameless plug yeah. here. So basically, about the this is a, what we call the fat guy holster. Now, I think that everybody... I know all about that. <laughs> well, you can see who invented them. So basically, I think that everybody, whether it be skinny or fat, would be more comfortable with this holster carrying it appendix style. And the reason for that is because it goes further down in your pants than a regular appendix holster. Now, a lot of people, when they carry appendix, they want to be able to get a really good purchase on it as far as like having their hand all the way around the grip. And that's fine. And if it's not for you, that's great. But for guys that have a gut, it kind of stabs into you like this a lot when you, uh, you know, you're sitting appendix. So basically this right here takes that away to where you're not as uh, stabbed as much. That's so, right. Yeah. You can find these on jackstactical.com uh, or you can email us at fatguyholster at gmail. And uh, we can try to see if we got the mold for you to make that handgun. Or fat guy, skinny guy. Yeah, doesn't matter. This holster doesn't care. They come in uh, camo, whatever color you can think of. So, <laughs> all right, same shameless plug there. Yeah. But guys, the big takeaway on today's gun gripe: don't let someone shame you for wanting to be a gun owner at the level that you can afford to get into it at. Absolutely. Right. Your true friends are like are not going to bust your chops. They're going to go, hey, man, cool. You got a gun. That's great, man. You, you crossed the threshold. You, you went and you got a gun. You're a gun owner now. You're let's, protected. Let's go shoot it. We had a friend yeah. of ours that actually just got into it, just started getting into guns, uh, was a musician for a long time, started watching our videos and stuff like that, wanted to start doing what we were doing. I mean, just going to the range and stuff. So he ended up buying a Rock Island... 388 38 special? Like a like small snub-nosed 38. Nothing it. was to made it. by Rock Island. Shot terrible, but... It is what it is. It, it actually ran pretty good uh, as far as him getting out there and trying to get experience shooting it. So when that came down to it, he then wanted to buy a, a P80 afterwards, which is pretty cool because then he stepped up. He just got into what I'm saying is he got into something small and something less, and then he built a you know up afterwards. Some some things tend to be sort of a stepping stone type of uh, item to get into, right? There's always going to be an entry level product for everything in society. It doesn't matter if it's guns. Cars, cutlery, kitchen knives, yeah. uh, consumer electronics, everything has its beginning niche, right? And the reason for that is so that, yeah, you go, oh, wow, having this is great. Oh, wow, well, what's better? And then you, you find that that particular item becomes an important and integral part of your life and your existence. Then you go, all right, now that I, I know this is a thing for me, all right, where do I go next? And that's completely what we all typically do, right? We always want the newer model truck. We always want the you know newer iPad or the newest phone or the whatever gadget that we feel contributes to our life. The big takeaway is just making sure that you see the value of something for what it is and not so much what it costs. Ignore the price and look more at what you're actually getting and, and price something based on the value it adds to your life and then spend accordingly to the value that it is adding to your life. And in this case, protecting your literal life. Yeah, 100% <laughs> agree with that. Yep. Look, I uh, want to take a moment definitely to thank you guys for coming uh, down and doing some videos with us. So make sure you go on there and subscribe to Black Diamond Guns and Gear. Great couple of guys here. J Little Josh and Big Josh. Josh and Josh. Josh, Josh, Josh. Josh squared. It's fine. That's Josh yeah. squared. That's yeah, we've heard that that should be the name of our channel. Josh squared. 
<laughs> well, you Several could do times. that. It's not too late to change, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, definitely subscribe to them. And also want to take a moment to thank all of our Patreon supporters. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Those of you who purchased man cans over on the channel, thank you very much for supporting us in that regard. Also, over on Ballistic Inc., all types of shirts, hoodies, beanies, hats. Uh, you know, we're a watch dealer now, so we've got different watches and stuff, G-Shocks in. Uh, anything you purchase over on Ballistic Inc., both on Black Diamond Guns and Gear yep. or on our page, goes to support our given channel. So thank you for being a part of that. Many more videos on the way. I really appreciate it. You got anything else, guys? I'm good with it. All right. Have a good one. We'll see you soon.